lesson of modern education is Woke kids step, wise kids step, college kids step I'm woke Read more, learn more, change the globe You must learn This is Woke Wise College Kids Welcome back to our loyal listeners and welcome to our new listeners. We truly appreciate your support. My name is Dr. Aaron, host of Woke Wise College Kids and founder of Be Preppy College Coaching. In this episode, we focus on love. Why? Because Valentine's Day is near and that's when love is on steroids. Love can make you do crazy things, especially in college. It can bring out the worst or bring out the best in you. It can have you happy one minute and stressed out the next. Some people in college come to find their one true love. But who is your one true love? Well, you don't know our guest, and chances are she doesn't know you. But she's going to tell you whose DM to slide in, who you should ask out, and who you should swipe right on. She's Dominique Washington, author of Ever After Happily. She's the motivational speaker, teacher, and pastor from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I do have to gloat and say I have really interesting friends. It's really hard not to have them all on the podcast at once. I try to spread them out to give others a chance, but I couldn't help to ask Dominique to be a guest for this episode. She's my college roommate, best friend, and she's also my pastor. But she has been so transparent in her journey to find love that I think she's the perfect person to talk about healthy relationships and finding your one true love. After the episode, tell us what you think. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Happy listening. Welcome, Dominique, to Wise. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. I do, I do. I'm trying to really be serious about this, but Dominique <laughs> is my college roommate, but I respect her so much as a pastor, author, teacher, empowerment speaker. She's all around fabulous. So I am so honored to have her as my guest on the podcast. So this episode is dedicated to all the topics that go on in February, Black History Month, love. Valentine's Day, all those great things going in February. But today we're talking about sex, love, and dating in college. Oh, hot topic. Yes, yes, yes. So your last book was called? Ever After Happily. And it was a great read. We're going to give you more information after the podcast where you can pick that up. I guarantee you after this episode, you want to read it. It is all about finding your happiness outside of dating and marriage. And Dominique kind of talks about her journey, uh, even maybe going back through college of how she pictured dating and marriage and and how it was a fairy tale that we've all been taught to think about, especially when you're a college student, you always think about, okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to graduate, get my degree. I'm going to find my husband, find my wife, get married, have two and a half kids, a dog, a house, a car. <laughs> and they tell us that. That is that is what we thought 
our 20s is going to be filled with. But uh, turns out, huh, not the case. <laughs> definitely not the case. So we had to have a plan B. And that plan B is what Woke Wise College Kids is mainly all about, how to help you navigate post-grad life and to navigate some of those myths that are out there so you're not caught off guard and find yourself unhappy because of, of some expectations society has set. So today we're going to dive in. But before we dive into that conversation, we have some fun questions with that we always uh, ask our guests. So what college did you attend? Southeastern Louisiana University. Line up. <laughs> so yes, that is where me and Dominique met circa 2003. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was fun times. Great times. So that leads me to my next question. What type of college student were you? Resilient would be the word. <laughs> um, resilient was definitely the word. I didn't have like a blueprint. So something like woke wise would have been amazing. Um, so I was navigating myself through all of the ups and downs of financial aid and not really knowing scheduling classes, dropping classes. How do you get there in the amount of time? So resilient is definitely my word for college. So what was your favorite college memory? There are so many. Um, but one of my favorites that came to mind is um, presenting my thesis. Yeah, um, the thesis? I did. I had a thesis. Southeastern, um, many people sleep on Southeastern, but we had really... Yes. We had to do talks, presentations, no standardized tests, all written, all essay. Yes. I was biology major, so I can imagine yeah, as a communication. Yeah, I had to present my thesis. So we had to write this 30-page paper, which 30-page paper, and he was so tedious on <laughs> everything. That. I mean, he had his GA checking the font size with a ruler like that. But I knew when it was time to actually present the paper. You give me a mic. <laughs> and so no cards oh I'm gonna kill the game so uh, presenting my thesis was probably the most proud and memorable moment um, because it was in that moment that I knew I had chosen the right um, degree focus and it was also in that moment where my peers and the professors really realized that the person who sit quietly in the back um <laughs> pushing her way through the past was like, oh, wow. So that moment people were like, where the heck have you been? So that was an amazing moment. That was a really great moment. What was your favorite college snack? Hmm. Okay, so college days, I would go to Walmart just to see what new candy was out. Um, <laughs> so that was like my weekly thing to do. Go to Walmart, check the candy out, see what new candies came out, and then buy all of them at once. It's probably not a great idea in this age, but it was amazing in college. Yeah, it was. It was a great idea then, but you know. Yeah, no, I couldn't do it. Yeah. What is your favorite college? Not favorite college regret. What is your college regret? Not getting my minor in print. I was like one class from minoring in French and I didn't finish. I actually could have had two minors. French and um creative. They they offered like creative. Mm -hmm. And I had one class from each of those. Yeah. I regret not majoring in Spanish. I took so many courses in Spanish that 
I think I only needed one more course to do a minor, but I just couldn't push through. I just couldn't write more than two sentences in Spanish. Well, no, I actually... Or a paragraph, more than a paragraph. I couldn't see myself writing whole no, papers. I can write, because when you get to the upper level courses in French, the professor only spoke to you in French. And I would be the one person in the class that's like, oh my gosh, she said write a paragraph on. <laughs> so I, I used to could speak French fluently and write it as well. Um, so I had written the papers. I, now I don't, I didn't use it. So I don't remember yeah. all of it. But I fluently, that's the only way you can speak in class was in French. No matter what. Like even to not to miss the class. Or come in late, you had to give her your explanation in French. I think that's the best way. I can read and I can interpret, but I'm not the best speaker. I need to. I need to. I'm going to work on that. That might be one of my mid, mid-life goals or something. Did I say crisis? No, <laughs> goals. <laughs> so let's hop into this main discussion. So you, let's tell, tell me a little bit, or tell the listeners, I know a whole lot about you. Tell the listeners more about your book, why you wrote it, and then that's going to help us kind of segment, lead us into our main discussion. Okay, so Ever After Happily, um, Your Fairy Tale Begins and Ends With You. Um, It was really written to, at a time in life where I had this amazing, amazing plan for my life since the <laughs> since probably like I was a teenager. Because I come from a two-parent home, and so my parents were married at the age of, they met at 15, Married by 19, had me by 20, sister by 25. So before they were 30, they had three kids in the house, and we probably had a goldfish and a dog and all of that. So I grew up knowing or seeing and realizing that's the life that I wanted. Thank God, because I was like, who was I dating at 19? Probably wasn't going to marry them. But in my mind, that was the goal in life. So when 19 happened, college days happened, is when I realized I kind of adjusted those ages and the timeline a bit because I had um, um, passed them already, but I still had this idea in mind that I couldn't get anything in life, the white picket fence, buy the house and buy the car until I had this spouse. So when I hit 30 and did a panic, by 31, I realized that your fairy tale begins and it ends with you. Um, Dr. Miles Monroe, I ran across one of his books and this sermon, and he said that your marriage is only as good as your individual. And that stuck with me. And so it made me realize that in a marriage is like going on a trip and you bring with you everything that's in your carry-on luggage. And a marriage itself is going to have its own things to put inside the luggage. So it's two people going on a trip, bringing their own luggage and to combine it into this one suitcase. So I was like, man, I need to search me. I need to know me. I need to love me first. I am my first queen. I am the first person who is going to rescue me. I am the damsel in distress, but I am also the prince at night. So what it is that you need. So I wanted to journey through being healthy. I saw so many unhealthy people in marriages because it was a trend, but not healthy relationships. So I wanted to focus on being healthy in a relationship, being healed, being whole, and being you. And that's where the book was birthed from, realizing that I am the fairy tale. It starts with me. It it lasts with me. And so I need to love me first. The book is really great. Um, I, I read it and it was, uh, a, I think, a true picture of where a lot of 30-somethings are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's great advice for 
20-somethings and preteens to start that journey early. We didn't have that type of advice. Um, so I think the earlier you start to realize that, the healthier healthier you'll become in life because it's, it's not just dating, not just relationships. But if you're unhappy, you can't form a happy, uh, healthy relationship with a coworker on your job. If you don't like you, know you, and, and tell your boss what you like, what you're going to take, whatever. So let's, let's go back to being a college student, your first year student, you're on campus, uh, new freedom. You, your parents may have giving you a lot of leeway with dating. I didn't have the experience. So uh brand new for me, maybe brand new for a lot of people. Could be old by the time you get to college. Your parents may have given you a lot of autonomy with dating and you've had some experiences. So in either case, what is some advice you what is the advice you would give college students related to dating and love? It's, it's, a, you know, you hit campus, you see the guys, you see the girls, some of them are your peers, some of them are older, you just mesmerize, you just want to have fun. This is the life that you always known, you know, wanted to have. What is your advice to dating and love in college? Um, I would say to maintain your standard of thinking and don't let the culture or trends tell you who you are. Um, the freedom um, that most people have, regardless of what your um, history or your upbringing was, is the freedom of college where I get to solely decide. But when you get into that type of environment, it is so easy to let the culture and the trends dictate everything that you do. We always want to say we're so independent and we so different. You know, we made songs about being different, but at the end of the day, we're not as that different because everybody is following some type of trend and culture. So it's still another group of people, whether you get to see them or not, telling you who you are. So maintaining whatever your standard is and not letting it, um, barriers or being different or not doing whatever. It's okay to not do what everybody else is doing. It's okay to think differently than everybody else thinks. And, and when you get to college, man, it, I mean, it was so, we have so many different stories where you encounter people who actually told me I was naive for thinking the way that I think, you know, you're naive to think that you're going to be able to maintain that standard of thinking when you're in college. You have people that tell you, oh, you know, I had people, family members, they were waiting on me the, the day that I come back home and they just swear I was going to be pregnant because clearly you're going to get to school and you're going to wild out. No, I'm not going to do that. That was that was the bit. Uh, I'm pretty sure some people lost that bit. They're still losing it actually. Still losing that bit. But um, to lose that bit. So there are people who told you that you have to do this. When you go to college, you have to party. When you go to college, you got to be drunk. When you go to college, there are things that they tell you is a part of the experience that uh-huh. And you can have an amazing college experience without having to lose whatever your standard is. You have been testament to that. You don't have to go to college and just, you know, wild out and be with everybody that, you know, I was always the person that nobody was knew that I was friends with the most popular guys in the campus. <laughs> <laughs> like, how you chilling and conversing with the most popular, every, the guy everybody wants, you cool with them. Oh, and you didn't do anything to they take that. You just reviewed and had a standard. And they respect it. And so maintaining your standard and not let culture dictate who you are and what you're doing, how you behave. And if you're a person that says, hey, 
I am celibate and I am going to maintain my celibacy throughout college. Keep that. Don't let people think that the only way you're going to find love is if you try before you buy it. I bought my car without test driving and I was happy about it. <laughs> I don't want to test drive. Do the numbers add up? Tell me internally, is this something that I can afford? And that's the same way you have to be. Uh, that's a lie. You don't have to test drive your car to buy it. Do the internal numbers add up? Do, is this somebody that I want to connect with? Can I afford what it costs to be with you. And I bought my car fresh off the truck, two miles on it, and I never drove it in life. And it was an amazing experience because I knew the manual, I knew the make, I knew how much it cost, I knew what I could afford. So you don't have to let people dictate your standards. I am the queen of analogies because we get out of the moment. <laughs> so let's pick up on the topic of standards. So not every that's not everybody's standard, of course, and we're right. not saying you don't have to be that, but if you shouldn't take that off the table or it shouldn't be part of a consideration just out of being healthy and understanding who you are before you engage with someone else. Um, We'll have that different discussion on the very uh, physiological uh, discussion of sex uh, on another episode. But in general, as far as having standards and Throughout this podcast, you'll talk about stand. I'll talk about standards as far as what are your expectations in the classroom? What is your expectations of your career? You should have standards. You should not come to any place or do anything without setting standards or goals for yourself. So what are some standards that college students should set for themselves? Just bare minimum when it comes to dating or interacting with others in terms of relationship building. Um. It's so important that you have to, college is a place where you get to find so many ways of thinking that you have to be solid in how it is that you think and what it is that you believe. Now, you will get to experience a whole lot of different cultures and religions and ways of thinking that you can put into your consideration. But if you don't, you also want to make sure that you have a way of thinking. So knowing who you are, knowing what you like, knowing what you don't like. If you don't like partying, don't let college tell you that in order for you to have a great experience, then you got to be a party animal. If you don't like the club, you don't have to go to the club. Um, If you don't like drinking, you don't have to drink to have a good experience. But if you don't know what you like and don't like, it's so easy for everybody to tell you what you should like and shouldn't like. So you have to know what you like. You have to know who you are. It's simple. Do you know your favorite color? Do you know your favorite kind of food? Do you know the type of people that annoy the heck out of you? Like, are you okay with being around procrastinators or is that going to bother you? Are you a planner? Like, um, do, what type of clothing do you like to wear? What, what type of, but so many of us don't know those simple things. And, a lot of people get into relationships and they become whatever the person <laughs> likes in order to get them to like you. If he like, you know, hood chicks, then I'm going to be a hood chick. If he like girls that wear Timberlands and Jabol, I'm going to go to discount dealers and find some Jabols and, and wear my Tims because you try to become a chameleon, you know, when you should just be the dragon. Just be the dragon. <laughs> and if that means that somebody doesn't um, 
want to accept that, then that's the person that you don't want to connect with. That's how you and I connected. I had to go and find the people because my sweet mates were people I went to high school with and we all lived in the same suite. But then I realized we all were, we lived differently. We actually had to live together. We thought differently. So I went outside of my suite to find a group of people who thought like I thought, who wanted to find the, the band that was picking people up for Bible study, who wanted to get involved with people on campus, who wanted to be woke. And we were presidents of Black Student Union together. And we were in the gospel choir. And I found a group of people that wanted to be on the dance team. So, but because I knew the things that I liked, it was able, it was easy for me to go find my tribe and group of people to grow with. Because if I would have stayed, man, we started off with eight in a suite, two of us graduated. Those are the numbers. Those are, yeah. Those are, that's about right for almost all of America graduation rate. Yeah. Yeah. Two. That's crazy. Yeah. No, I mean that, I think that's so important because of who you attach yourself to is going to, when you look back, is going to create, have a profound effect of how you see your college experience, good or bad. Good or bad. Yeah. So whether you, whether it's your friends, whether it's a, a partner, girlfriend, a boyfriend, you have to learn yourself first. So I think the the main point is to take take your time. Like you don't have to jump into a serious relationship where you're planning what's your baby name and what's the color of the baby room three weeks after you meet them. Uh, but you should take some exploration time, especially if you're a first year student, just to get to know yourself, your environment, the people. Um, try not to commit. Let things happen naturally. And and you would find yourself not having to regret so much. Yeah. The point of this podcast is to limit your regrets, is to share our regrets. And then so you can limit yours, make new mistakes or make the same old ones. So. Um, I've seen so many, whether it was my peers or just students that I've coached or been around in higher, in higher administration, they just jump into things. And I remember the one piece of advice that, um, kind of like changed the, my, not necessarily changed my mindset was I was in work study. I worked in multicultural and Miss Laverne, it was just like, it was a pretty spring day. and. We were just looking outside, big picture windows to the, to the student uh, union, seeing everybody pass by. And she's like, well, look at all those, uh, look at all those baby bumps. And it was just crazy. Like I saw at least five little bumps go by throughout really? the day. Yes. And she was just like, it's springtime. Hmm. It's springtime. Fall decisions hmm. lead to springtime bumps. And then if you didn't see the guys that were there in the fall, you kind of learn uh, that they fall off, whether it's to work or to they just got distracted. So it's so many distractions you can have. You shouldn't just jump into things. Slow down, get to know yourself. Um, But that can, you know, those types of relationships that you form can have a profound effect of how you succeed in college. And I think another thing that helped us out a lot is we we always connected to somebody that had already been there. So we always had this older person around. But it was two things that the older person taught us. 
what to avoid? <laughs> like they always had this lesson of, I'm looking at your life and I'm seeing what mistakes you made. I'm the type of person, if I saw you get burned from the stove being hot, I don't have to go experience the stove being burned in order for me to realize the stove was hot. Mm-hmm. So I look at you and I realize you got burned from doing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's hot. I don't want to go over there because mm-hmm. I don't want that consequence. But then they also have people that really guided us and, and taught us what were the right things to do. So being around someone that is older or have been um, where you're going um, helps you to see what steps that they took. Do I want to fall into this trap or are they going to teach me to go around it? Mm-hmm. So it's all it was always great that we had somebody that was already experienced with what we were mm-hmm. to help to guide us. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't they helped us in our decision making process. At the end of the day, you're the person that has to make the decisions for your life. And you cannot blame it on, well, they told me, well, you still had to decide. So that was another good thing that helped us. Yeah, definitely. So how can students learn to love and date themselves? And why is this important? What are some things that they can do in college, like some practical tips or or ideas that they can put into their personal goal setting plan of what, how am I going to? to make myself happy and be happy, healthy, and whole on my own? Um, first, of course, knowing the things. Like, I, I have a list of what does Dominique like. Um, and I make that list at every transition of life, every new age, every few, few years, because what I like at 19, I may not like. Like, I can't stand red beans. As a kid, my dad was like, how did you... When did you stop liking red beans? When I could decide that I hated them, <laughs> you know, so you don't have to make sense sort of things. So finding out what you like at every quarter and actually breaking it down and then experiencing those things and seeing when I'm in it at this present moment, do I, how do I, do I still feel the same way? If you still feel the same way, if you don't, check it. And then um, being open to experiencing new things. I came in on a college campus. There were people that I went to high school with that were my sweet mates, but I was open to experiencing a new set of people and getting outside of the people I was with and getting in a new set of experiences. There were a lot of things that I would have missed in college had I not met you because the people that I was used to being around, they only liked what we always liked. And so when I encountered you, it opened my mindset to try new things, mm-hmm. to to travel, to, you know, learn about our cultures. And then even though I wasn't at HBCU, we had that same experience of us all coming together. But that's because I was open to new experiences. Get involved. Get involved. Because being involved also helped me to experience new things. Because we because we worked at the multicultural office, I was able to learn salsa because we had that um international student party and met a guy from, what is he, Cuba or somewhere? Yeah, I and then he it. taught us how to salsa. And because I was involved in the um, um, campus activity board, there was speed dating and you learn how to quickly engage with people. And because we were involved in um, BSU, then we were on a panel and you learned to have an open mindset for other people. And because I was in the gospel choir, I got to sing at all of these churches all around but being involved, it also gave me experience and giving me experience also to open my mind to see new things. Because the worst thing you want to do in college is to graduate from the school and you have the same mindset that you had going in. 
Like, what did you learn? Mm-hmm. Not just that you got a degree, but what did you learn? And there were a lot of things that I was able to learn from knowing who I was, not deviating from my, my foundational things, but also being open to experience new things, to learn new people, and to have new ideas. So when I left college, I didn't just leave with a degree. I didn't just leave with a bunch of friends and memories I've had from, you know, college nights. I left with an open mindset to see the entire world from a different perspective. And you and you want to be able to do that. Because when I walked across that stage, that was just me walking across the stage. Proud that I was doing it, you know, with my family, one of the first in my family mm-hmm. on that side. But also proud that I was now open to see the world and experience from another way and maybe able to make an impact. Yeah, that's important because if you don't know, sometimes you just don't know if you don't like it. I don't I don't know if I didn't intern. And this is an analogy, if I didn't intern uh, or do a a research experience, I've never would have known that I didn't want to be a, a science scientist in a laboratory. I would have gotten there and say, you know, I don't like this. And then I wouldn't have been able to make that quick U-turn that I did. So if you don't, you don't know if you, you want the guy, the girl who wants to travel and see the world, or you want somebody who's a little bit, say, grounded, or you don't, you really don't know because you change so much. You're, you're not, hopefully, if you do it right, you're not going to be the same person at 18 that you were at 22. If, if you do it right. If you do it right. So you have to know your your true self, but then you have to know yourself with some enhancements, add-ons, little modifications here and there that you've developed over the years. So if you don't experience, if you just stay in your, your rest hall and and you just kind of have this closed-minded experience, you're closing yourself off, one, academically, but you're closing yourself off to the discovery of what college is supposed to be. Right. And you can't, you can't choose, you can't be in a healthy relationship, any of any kind, if you don't have those experiences to, to one, set the expectations and the standards to say no, yes, of, of what you want or what you don't want. Right. And even if you're going into a situation, because I don't, I don't want to make it seem like you can, if you bring your love into a common situation, if y'all decided to go to school together, that, it won't last because it is possible that it, will, it does last, but you still need the things that we're talking about in order for it to last because you're going to evolve in college. That person is going to evolve in college. And you also want to make sure with any relationship, whether it's one that lasts from college love and we married, you know, as soon as we cross the stage or whether it's a new experience, you want to make sure that that person is pushing you to grow and to be open up to ideas. If that person only wants you to be who you were mm-hmm. when you met them, um, then they can be a hindrance and a stumbling block for who you can become. You know, like I, I had a guy that I um, met when we were at school and when we talked outside of me graduating, he wanted me to be the Dominique he met in, in, in 2003. I'm not her. Mm-hmm. You're, you're head over heels in love with somebody that I no longer am which stops you from experiencing the beauty of the person I am right now today. I can't go back to the girl in 2003. She looks the same. She seems the same. She talks the same, but she is so different. And so for the people that want you to just stay in this, they they actually can stunt your growth a little bit and you love them and you know, you, you care about them, 
but you want to be able to bud, you mm-hmm. know, like if, if you keep a flower closed in, it dies. You got to give it a chance to experience light and experience new, you know, newness and to be able to bud and branch out a little bit. And so it's possible that you bud and branch out together. But statistically, when you start budding and branching out, you realize you oh, we kind of separate from each other. You actually but it have to have some trimming to do. You gotta have some trimming <laughs> in order for that growth to continue. So that kind of leads us to my next question of what are some healthy expectations of dating in college? And we can probably expand this to just building relationships because I think building relationships is so important. If you can manage that in college and people don't understand that some people aren't meant to be in certain types of relationships, a friendship is a relationship, a peer is a relationship, a faculty member is a different type. So. What are some healthy expectations? You said one was they should allow you to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think respect is another. Um, what would be some other expectations that minimum that you should check off? Does he or she respect me? Does he or she uh, allow me to grow and to be myself? Does he or she see the best in me and not bring out the worst? Because we've seen some volatile relationships whether it's during our time or I have to see those kind of things in student conduct cases all the time where it's a volatile relationship. They just don't mix. Um, Healthy, what'd you say? Expectation. Mm -hmm. Healthy expectations is the get back, (laughs) the get back or the kickback. The get back is having um, boundaries, um, attitude, your communication, and your keepsakes. Those are my givebacks. Establishing those boundaries and people who are unwilling to accept the boundaries or even um, respect the boundaries that you have probably can won't be able to keep them around. And if my healthy boundary is on Wednesdays, I don't go out. If they're constantly encouraging you to go out, that is a sign in that relationship that they don't have respect for it. If, you know, so being open-minded and being watchful of those people who don't respect your boundaries. Whether I set the boundary that after nine o'clock don't call me, that is a boundary. I need you to respect that boundary. Um, Cause those people that, re- that, that can act, actually do what it is, the boundary that you set, they have a respect for you. Those people that don't, they don't respect you. So having boundaries and then being watchful of the people um, who adhere to them or dismiss them is important. Also the attitude. Um, paying attention to the attitude, positive or negative attitudes from those that you're connecting with can make or break relationships. Watch the people who are always jealous, who are always pessimistic, or even the people who are always optimistic and never <laughs> and never call you out on your stuff. I don't want that. I don't need a yes man because those are the people that get you in trouble. They mm-hmm. tell you that it's okay to tightrope across <laughs> the Mississippi Bridge. I, I need somebody to tell me, hey, that's dumb. Let's not do that. So you need to watch the attitudes and the consistency of those attitudes and when the attitudes change. But if people are always in agreement with you, that is not a healthy relationship. Um, or even if they, because you can agree with me and disagree with me without being negative or hurtful. Mm-hmm. So watching the attitudes. Communication is also key. How you communicate was so important for me in college. I remember Dr. Burns, never going to forget Dr. Burns. Dr. Burns, I took a web design class. My seniors, my graduating semester, 
of school. You had to build that website from scratch. I don't know. It was the last course. Something happened and I ended up, but that was the only class I could take in order to graduate. He made you feel like an idiot in the room. He did because I was the only person in there who had no idea of what I was doing. Like we literally built a website from scratch, putting in coding to get the same color. Dr. Burns had a rule that he doesn't help anybody to graduate. And I told Dr. Burns that, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to be the exception to that rule. But he was adamant. His office hours were at 6 a.m. every day because he, ex he expected no one to show up. We get there, and I'm thinking I'm sitting with a good seat. He has this joke on the board. We walk in. He made all the computers laugh because whatever grade you thought you had, you were a grade lower. And he thought it was hilarious. So... I ended up having to communicate to him, Dr. Burns, I know you say that you do not help people graduate, but you're going to help me pass this class. And he laughed at me, he's watching, you're crazy, I have never done that. Every morning at 6 a.m. for the rest of the semester, I went to his class, I went to his office hours. Before you knew it, Dr. Burns was helping me to build my website. <laughs> but the ironic thing about it is, the person that I shook hands with to walk across the stage was Dr. Burns. Mm -hmm. He's the one that put my degree in my hand. And we laughed. He said, Miss Washington, you you made me change my expectation, but it'll never happen again. And we laughed <laughs> and we walked off. So that communication of Dr. Burns, this is the expectation that I have from you. And I am going to do whatever to, to meet that expectation. So communication is important to your um, professor-student relationships, to your friendships, um, saying what you like and don't like, not just going on with everything. So many times I was the last person to get dressed for the party because I didn't really want to go. And like, you know what? We pulled up, and I don't know if that was you or not, Aaron. We pulled up to we pulled like up it. to to the club, and I was like, yeah, y'all gotta take me back home. <laughs> and they were so mad at me, but y'all took me back home because y'all knew, like, okay, they respected that. And then you keepsakes, just having those memories and those experiences. You want to have as many as many keepsakes as you can. We didn't have a whole wild college experience, but we had some keepsakes. We had the, um, remember the protesting with the Gina Six uh -huh. and the, making the T-shirts. You know, we have keepsakes from being a part of, um, We they did they used the school to do the concert, and we got to be a part of the production of that and uh -huh. having the concerts and the bonfires and, you know, um, gumbo yaya and step shows. One semester, I was a dancing dollar. I was always good at dancing. I was a, I was a um, tomboy as well. I danced for the lady. Uh, Is it Lady Cubs? The Lady Cubs, Cubs. And we danced at the basketball game. But that was something that I always wanted to do. I tried out, put on a little skimpy outfit. <laughs> I actually made the team. And we was the dancing dolls for the basketball game. That's a keepsake for me. I can always say that I accomplished the goal of being a dancing doll in college and in life. <laughs> Know, we shot a video like we, we was a part of all kind of different things so you want to have your keepsake as well so yeah because it can be so it's so easy to have some things you look back on that will ruin your college experience ruin just, it. just dealing just not having yeah i mean but it's not overwhelming but i know some students who can, who can say you know i hated it i let this person ruin it i was always depressed mad angry sad um verbal abuse, domestic abuse, just uh, always aggravated all the time. It was just some people, some people unfortunately had that experience, but you cannot let any one person do that, do that to you. But it can happen. It's 
possible. Oh, it's definitely possible. Oh, but you just have to. Black history is world <laughs> because this guy that I was dating went and told everybody else like these awful stories that I didn't know about so I could be talking to a guy and then all of a sudden the guy is no longer answering my phone calls and come to find out the guy who I was conversing with has went and told him all of these stories to make them happy so I was blacklisted but it was like whatever I just you just but you just have to take back that power you can't let help let anyone take power away from you to control your own yeah. environment, your own happiness. And don't be afraid to be the third wheel. I had a lot of great college experiences being the third wheel. As a matter of fact, one night I was the seventh wheel because I went on a double date with three different couples, a triple date, and I sat right in the middle. And we went to eat, and we went to to the movies together. We came back, had a kickback at the house. I, I experienced New York on a Valentine's Day weekend <laughs> with Aaron, and I was the third wheel. Hey, I was sitting over here, but I didn't let culture to tell me that it was a bad thing or even my uncomfortableness. Being uncomfortable with being the third wheel, so it got to a point where I was like a professional third wheeler, and I it's, and I got to see life. If y'all are going, I'm not staying here because I don't have anybody to go with. I'm going to eat too. I'm going to the movies too. I'm catching the plane too. I'm right in the back seat. <laughs> I think. I think for some. I don't know if some if the transition in life goes. You have you if you know how to be a third wheel and be okay with either being by yourself or being with somebody that's always coupled up. Like that's growth. But then as you get older, for me, it went to well, I can't show up at the movies by myself in my oh. mid twenties. I can't go eat by myself. Well, well, are y'all going? Well, you busy? Oh, I don't. Now I'm okay with going to the movies. Like I actually prefer it. I'll go it on Tuesdays at twelve because it's five dollars and enjoy it. I don't have anybody say, "Oh, I see that," or "Let's sit here." I don't want to go eat that. I can eat. I can watch. I can do whatever I want. I can go from the movies to the nail shop to the mall, not buy anything, back to my car, take a nap binge on Netflix and have a wonderful day. But I think you have to be comfortable in yourself, whether you're a couple and you you really a couple and you say, okay, well, you know, I'm not slighted because I'm the single one. I'm 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 here. I'm doing the same thing y'all doing. I'm okay. New York was great. <laughs> Valentine's Day weekend. I had a blast. I think that's one of the reasons why I chose this topic for Valentine's like February because I think so people so many people get sad about did you get a Valentine's or how many roses did you get or what you buying your boo or what you buying him or her? You get so caught up in that, but it's just like, it's a day and you can very well give yourself a nice Valentine's day or not have that effect yes. on you. Cause I know so many students get sad whether they don't have a parent to send them some chocolates for Valentine's day. Or you don't have anything mailed to you or you don't have any friends to, to do anything with or like it just it's one of those times that I think in college that you have to really check people's mentality because mm -hmm. it can they can so easily fall in like let one one silly day make them fall into depression right. about their life well what I did too was um I found other people other single friends at the time because everybody lived on my couch at some point in life and so what we would do when it was Valentine's Day we all would get together and buy each other stuff um, one year I even sent myself flowers because I want to get flowers at work. I'm sending them to myself. <laughs> but we would get together and we all bought each other um, gifts and we went to dinner together. We went to the movies together. We one time I even we did a photo shoot and I dressed up and for Valentine's Day I had a photo shoot and I got to dress up and be so finding other people that are in your situation can also help you 
um, be open to that experience. But it takes being uncomfortable to get to comfort. It does. And it's okay to be uncomfortable. And I think a lot of people don't know how to sit in their discomfort. Or even the fear of being uncomfortable. The fear. The fear. Because you won't even get to the, if you're scared of being, how it's going to look with me going out on a date with these two people. Yeah. How is that going to make me look? And that'll stop you right there. How is it going to make me look that I'm at the movies by myself? Or how is it going to make me look? But then you just, you get past it. You are comfortable. And then it's just like, know those people that's looking anyway. But that comes from culture and social media. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure I look good for the ground and who's going to see me. Who are the who's? Mm-hmm. Do these who's matter that much? Can they pay a bill? Are they helping you with a grade? Mm-hmm. Do you know them? And so our mind talks about out of a lot of situations. And then what we think we're supposed to feel talks us into a lot of situations. Because it's Valentine's Day, we think we're supposed to do this. Who says you have to do that for Valentine's Day? Who says you have to feel that way for Valentine's Day? It's a day that's set aside to put focus and recognition on love. Mm -hmm. We made it as people. We made it be a day for couples. That's not what the day was intended for. It's to focus on love. It did whatever type of love it is. Love for self, love for your family, love for you and your dog, love for you and your friends. Just focus on love, period. Mm-hmm. So if you're not getting love from a particular person, how, how about you set that day aside where I'm going to give love, mm-hmm. where I pass out grams and I make sure everybody else around me knows that I love them. You don't. That's another thing where you don't have to let culture and trends dictate who you are. And we do that. It's February 14th. It'll be gone. It's half candy gun stuff. I'm going to be half pipe. Go pick it all up. Buy yourself a whole bunch of <laughs> It's a day, man. Don't let it ruin it. So, lastly, so we've talked a lot about college um, and love. Mm-hmm. Post grad, we know a lot of couples who <laughs> who dated. Right. I know who <laughs> dated all during college, got married. It didn't work, right? And, it, and there's some people who we know dated from high school to college and it worked. It's yeah. not a, what is some, what some things are prerequisites that people should have before they begin to think about marriage? We talked about the, the it shouldn't be half and half equals one. It should be one plus one equals two. And I feel like I'm quoting a Beyonce song, but you get the. You get the gist. That's my first dance song. Beyonce, I would like for her to perform it in my wedding. Beyonce, if you're listening Beyonce, to Woke Wise, please. Um, to Woke Wise, please uh, be open to performing my wedding, but I don't really have 50 grand, so we're going to have to talk about that. Um, a prerequisite, uh, the, the only thing that I can really think to say, the first thing that comes to mind is it's your story. When we have these hashtags, relationship goals, what we're trying to do is recreate somebody else's story. And that's that's actually illegal. There, it's, it's, there are laws that come against you being able to reproduce somebody else's product. It's illegal on so many laws, and yet we try to do it so often. What worked for Beyonce and Jay-Z, that may not work for you it barely worked and Bob, but that's their story. Yeah. And their story is theirs alone. There may be parts of their story that are great to try to add to yours, like not confirming or denying anything for the sake of media. 
that's a great thing to add to your story. But you have your own story. And you do what works for you and the person that you're with. Not trying. You cannot build a relationship based on trends because they change every day. Trends are uh, some arbitrary time clock that somebody's. You need to be married by 25. You need to be a partner by 30. You need to have a baby by 35. You need to. You need to do all these things by a certain time. I think it's the worst uh, barrier, boundary, limitation that has been placed on um, young adults. Yeah. And I think more so time. Time was a really big factor, especially around our time. For now, trends and being the trending topic is what affects. Mm -hmm. Marriage is a trend now. So people are getting married younger so that they can post pictures on Instagram and get and shut and go viral or shut this, the thing down. Think about gender reveals. Mm-hmm. Because it's a trend, people don't care that they're revealing the gender. They just try to go viral. People just want to be relationship goals. And so when you allow being a trending topic or what's trendy to be the foundation for your relationship, it is, it is destined to fail. Mm-hmm. Because trends change every day. The people who you used to like, you don't even like. Soldier Boy, watching that interview, cranked that. We was all cranked it. He was all Superman. And then now he comes with a different thing. And now he the, he the, he the joke of, mm-hmm. of the internet. So when you're trying to, what, what could be a trend is something that people are proud of today can be the joke and the meme tomorrow. So trying to build anything based upon trends you just have to know what your story is and what works for you in your story. And also have solid people around you that are leading you into guiding you. Um, people that can mentor you. Mentorship is so important um, because there are people who have the experience and the knowledge that you don't have that can help you when you're sitting at the decision table. Not that they make the decision for you, but when you're sitting at the decision table, you have more than your experience to decide um, what you should do next. But not letting time and trends dictate is a great prerequisite. Um, being solid in who you are, mm-hmm. because your marriage is only as good as your individual. And while you're waiting, being sure that you work your weight, that you are doing in your waiting season, whether you're single and you're waiting for that spouse, search you and make sure that I'm healed from daddy issues that I've dealt with, um, that I've taken the trips I wanted to take, that I've done the things that I wanted to do, that I accomplished the goals that I want to accomplish. And that marriage is something that that's beautiful, but you want it. Something that's lasting. Mm-hmm. If you want something that's lasting, it's, you got to know yourself, but also your spouse and their needs. Um, an amazing book. Of course, I love the five love languages. But Gary Chapman also has this book, The um, um, Apologies. Um, I don't know. Yes, he, he has the five love languages, but he also has the languages of apologies. Because apologizing is something that's also important. Knowing what you need in order to give and receive love, mm-hmm. but also knowing how to how you are and what you give in order to correct when you hit us high. So that's a really great book. Uh, so there are a lot of great books. Read, research, use mm-hmm. Google more than outfits. Like you know, pay attention. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. Seeing what they did that caused them to fall. Ask questions and just live. And I think counseling. Not only couples counseling, individuals counseling. When you said heal from your personal, uh, personal wounds, because 
I don't know what what I was what I was listening to, but usually your fears and everything that's wrong is comes from your insecurities and your hurt. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not even real. It's just imagine an exaggeration of what you feel inside. It's just your mind playing tricks, and so you put that on other people. But I definitely think finding counseling and uh, separately and together, yes, uh, doing the work to build. Yeah, and if you're going to a good a good counselor, um, they they usually will do that together and separately, mm-hmm. depending on what they get, what they're coming to. But I I I counsel so a lot of people that <laughs> a lot of the people that are counseling, a lot of people that are dealing with a lot of things in their marriage, they're not even fighting with with what's going on with the marriage. No, they're fighting for something twenty years ago. Their their issue is not marriage related. It's the stuff that they brought in the marriage, and it's their insecurities, their selfishness, their pain that I'm looking at my spouse, but I'm remembering my daddy or I'm looking at my wife and I'm mad at my mama. And very seldomly is the marriage issue, mm-hmm. normal marriage stuff, even a problem. It's the individual stuff that we don't deal with in our generation. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how to accept rejection. We don't know how to handle discomfort. We just, we like to pretend everything is great and everything is fine. And then we suppress all of this stuff, go into a marriage and your marriage exposes mm-hmm. your relationship is going to expose everything um, because it's supposed to be the effort for somebody to look at you and they can see you completely naked um, figuratively. And um, you, you don't know how to do you, You've never looked at yourself completely naked figuratively. And so you can't even accept what they see. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to constantly convince them that what they see is the truth because they see all their insecurities that other that you can have from other people. But they know it because they deal with you the most. And so I remember, I, it may be in Ever Have to Happily or it may be in Lessons from a Good Girl. I can't remember which book is it. Um, so one of them, I remember having to stand in the mirror and just look at me. Look at me in the mirror, um, literally, and, and see everything just completely without anything and look at this girl and accept who she is. And the things that I wanted to change, be willing to be um, consistent enough to, to do the work, but the things that I didn't want to change or that I couldn't change, I had to accept. Mm-hmm. But that's something that I literally looked in the mirror and I remember hauling crying because that was the first time I actually took the time to see it see myself and when I was able to be able to see the person that was looking in the mirror and I knew I can accept her then I knew that I was in a space where I could be open enough for to let somebody else try to accept her mm-hmm. um but you have to be willing to do that yeah it takes work I think it takes work all of those things that you said about the marriage part it 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 still trickles down into every relationship you still have to work on yourself becoming whole heal the wounds heal some insecurities understanding your insecurities and work on them before you can even be happy and engaged with anybody friends family uh co-workers partners peers anybody so this conversation has been really really great um you have great books so tell our listeners how about your books and how you could, how they could purchase them, and how they can connect with you on social media. Okay, so um, the easiest way to get to all of the books is pastordominique.com. That's P-A-S-T-O-R-D-O-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E, Domonique. 
um.com and go under the books tab and all of the books are there. The first one was Wiley, Young Leaders Entering Away to Destiny. Wiley has a devotional as well as a study guide. Um, and it's about building the leader in you. Then there is Lessons from a Good Girl. Um, after Lessons from a Good Girl, there is Ever After Happily. But also at um, my website, you can scroll over and find the YouTube channel or the media, and you'll find my YouTube channel. There you can see some sermons and um, a confessional about Lessons from the Good Girl. There'll be some other stuff that I'll be adding to that Real Talk with Pastor D. Um, so you can find everything about me at my website. There's a bio there. There's some pictures there. So go to PastorDominique.com. If you don't go to the website, you can go on Amazon, but you have to put in Dominique S. Washington um, so that it so that my books come up. And um, you can find me on Facebook at Dominique S. Washington. You can find me on Instagram at Pastor Dominique. Um, YouTube is Dominique S. Washington. Twitter is Pastor Dominique. Uh, what else? What other social media is there? It's either Pastor Dominique or Dominique S. Washington to find me on all the social media platforms. Uh, <laughs> all of the social media platforms. And uh, I have a new book that's coming out this year, um, Queen Come True. Um, so you want to be able to look out for that. I also have t-shirts that are on my website as well. She has really cute t-shirts. I have a lot of t-shirts, yes. I have some new ideas coming up. Um, Savage Sign is probably the next one that's coming out. Better Now Than Never is the latest one. Better Now Than Never. But you can see that on my Instagram too and do pre-orders for that one. But yeah. Find me at all those places. If you DM me, I do respond. Um, as long as it's not. I've had a few weirdo situations, but I felt famous <laughs> doing that, even though I'm not. But it's like, oh my God, people really do. Having weirdos in your DM is. Well, because you know, you have all these people that say, <laughs> that say, oh my God, such and such happened. Now, you know what happened? I, I'm not officially famous because nobody has tried to make a fake page um, with my <laughs> pictures on there. When that happens, it's like, oh, I made it. I made a fake page. But I haven't had a fake face But I have had some weird DMs that, you know, I almost made it. Well, she is really good about responding to DMs and helping with questions and problems. Um, so, yeah, if you have a particular question, she it will always answer about your particular situation. Um, but, yeah, we'll have all the information in our episode guide, as always. Well, thank you, Dominique. Thank you for having me. It's great. Great conversation. Well, as always, stay wise, stay woke. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Be Preppy LLC and all of our social media. Don't forget to review and rate this podcast so we can make sure other students find us and get the great information that we talk about. And don't forget to go and purchase Go Wiser if you haven't already do it, done that. Uh, by Dr. Aaron Willis. It's a great book, especially for your first friends and cousins. It's almost graduation season. So it's a perfect thing for you to buy for someone that you know is graduating. Right, Aaron? Yes, right. Always have a friend that's a cheerleader because uh, sometimes you don't know how to do self-promotion. This podcast is supposed to be over about a minute ago. But, uh, but yes, go, <laughs> go wiser. You can find that information on Be Preppy and I'll leave that link at the bottom of the podcast information. Bye.
This podcast is sponsored by BePreppy.com, a college coaching company. Head over to BePreppy.com for free college success resources and to learn how you can secure a personal college coach. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on all social media channels at BePreppyLLC.